Hello there, listeners and viewers. This is Ron Stefanski, host of Disrupt Ed. Disrupt Ed is where we talk to the do-gooders, the determined, the passionate and purposeful people who are helping us to understand uh, the disruption that's going around in our world. And there's no place out there that's experiencing disruption at quite the scale that our public libraries are. So in that spirit, we've launched Disrupt Ed, the public library edition to hear from some of the thought leaders out there. Now, in my own personal bias, I'm gonna join um, here with one of my favorite library lines out there, Lance Werner. Lance, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Ron. It's great to have you here. And, and one of the things I wanna talk about is innovation. You know, in disrupted times, when everything is coming at us and we're trying to understand things and some things are not working and other things may be working even better and we have to look at things in a new way, I think the libraries are absolutely at the vanguard of, of innovation. And I can speak to that as a kid. I grew up in the city of Detroit, as many of you know, on the east side. I grew in an ethnic, uh, diverse neighborhood uh, and, and not necessarily uh, a very uh, prosperous neighborhood. But one of the one of the things that the library did, the Detroit Public Library system did during the 60s and 70s when I was growing up, is they thought about their charter to provide information and materials to the audience and the innovation of the time was none other than the bookmobile. Now, this is my first experience with public libraries is as a kid, as a 10-year-old who went into the public library via, via a bookmobile. The public library was far away and my mother had to borrow my dad's car to take us there. So the bookmobile was a place we could walk to in the summer and it was there every Tuesday all summer long and throughout the school year. And we could go there and either check out materials or we could talk to the librarian about our interests and they would have us fill out a form and they would get the material and bring it back to us the next time. By far and away, my most favorite novel was discovered in the public library bookmobile uh, from a librarian when I was going there. And my favorite novel is another, none other than Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Roald Dahl. <laughs> oh my god i love that story and it had the same impact in my childhood as harry potter did for another generation in other words it brought young boys into the libraries it brought us into library because as soon as i finished that book i went to my librarian and asked what else could i be reading that was exciting and as fun as that book because that book just stirred up so many positive emotions in me what I want to talk to my friend Lance today about is the innovation that he's been engaging in in the public libraries and specifically regarding the same thing that was an issue back in the 60s for the libraries that the libraries librarians had a difficult, challenging time bringing young boys uh, and middle school boys into libraries. And Lance, I want to share with our viewing and listening audience one of the most radically innovative ideas that you've been espousing over the past few months. When you first told me about it, I just had an oh my gosh uh, reaction because it's very different. It's not what you'd expect from the libraries. At the same time, it could be very, very powerful in terms of bringing 
um, kids back in and boys specifically back in the libraries. And that's the whole idea of esports. Talk to me, Lance. You're talking about esports in the public libraries. Tell me more. This is absolutely off the hook. It's it's a crazy idea, but it may be a crazy great way to bring young people into the library as never before. So talk to me. Well, it's it's amazing. Thank you so much, Ron. And uh, you know, truly, I love I love your analogy with a bookmobile about <clears throat> new technology. You know that kind of brings people in specifically you know in our situation you know we're talking about boys but i mean anybody i mean the fact that the library is able to go to where people are at it was critical and still is critical so a decade ago well over a decade we launched our ebook program and it's been wildly successful and um actually we're in the top 60 libraries in the world for ebook circulation and if you were to do per capita we'd be higher than that yeah that's fantastic so i did that at my first board meeting um and so, you know, since then, we have, it's like many libraries around the country, we've seen our numbers kind of going down. And unfortunately, the pandemic didn't help anything at all. And uh, on top of that, Michigan has a HEPA third grade reading problem. And we have had a terrible time at attracting teenage boys and young men into the library. We've done Guys Read. We've done Circulation Moonshot. We tried all the traditional stuff. So to back up a little bit, one of the things that I like to do is talk with a lot of people and then also do a great deal of reading on the news. People ask me what professional reading I do. I just read the news all the time um, and it's kind of depressing at times, sure. But it also enables me to help get a better sense of what- Well, man, right. So you're plugging into what's important, what's topical, exactly. what's in the public eye right now. Exactly. And what I discovered is that, you know, you know, I grew up with, uh, I started playing video games with Atari. I had one joystick and a button, right? And, <laughs> and I, you know, that whole thing. You know, I remember when, uh, you know, Donkey Kong was really big and we used to go to, you know, the the arcade and all this stuff. And people in my generation, and I think even millennials and certainly boomers, all have this idea of what video games are. And what right. video games have become is not what we think they are. Um, the the esports industry is a multi billion dollar industry. The most popular games uh, make as much money as the most popular movies. They have big esports tournaments that bring tens of millions of dollars into the community. Um, the local universities and some of the universities around the country are offering scholarships for esports teams um, to to come and go to college and be on an esports team. Um, it's a great door into, um, you know, generating interest around IT um, careers like um, programming. Um, it also is a great way to talk about internet safety and computer hygiene. And so what we decided... Let me back you, before, you, before you go on, Lance, let me back you up. So the benefit of our viewing and listening audience here on Disrupt Ed. Uh, can you maybe explain esports and how it's distinguished from just this, you know, the typical sports professional in college that are going on out there? Absolutely. Thank you for uh, uh, calling that out, Ron. Um, so, uh, esports are essentially team video game sports. So, by and large, you're team video games, and there's there's a number of different video video games that are kind of team sports. I mean, you know that Fortnite. Sometimes people play that on teams. A lot of the Mario. 
um, games right. are done on teams. Uh, people play Minecraft together. It, there's there's a variety of different video games that involve teams. And one of the sort of beautiful things about that is is that it enables uh, kind of a new avenue for people that might not otherwise have an opportunity to like place sports their school to be part of a team to be part of something else and it also something that seems to carry over past high school in fact my neighbor across the street he's in his 40s and in the summertime when he has his front window open not that i'm a voyeur or anything it's like every single night i'm like my god you have the most patient life in the whole world but i mean that's his whole thing that's his access to the world so you know it's basically organized video game tournaments and organized video right. game sport sporting events and um there are uh it, it's very new uh, the universities are just starting to do it some of the school systems are just starting to do it and there are a couple of startups in the area that are starting to do it. And we have one major event in the area called the Confluence, where it's an esports tournament. And one of the things that we used to have in the area is called Art Prize, and that ended. So that was a multi-million dollar event that brought in, you know, tens of millions of dollars into West Michigan. And so what we're looking to do is kind of plug that hole and start a new event and make Confluence even bigger and start this whole sort of esports push and make, you know, the goal is to make West Michigan the esports capital of the Midwest. And we're going to try to start to do it right here in the library. This is just crazy, Lance. This idea is so bold and innovative and very different. Um, my first question would be, how are your library colleagues responding to this? Are they as excited or do they think, uh, oh, my gosh, this is Lance again, pushing the envelope, but maybe going a little bit too far over to the thin edge? You well, know, how are you well, reacting? You're getting <laughs> it's, a, it's a fair question. And <laughs> the responses have been a bit on the spectrum, okay? Um, I mean, I have, I have very much that, that kind of really see the big picture and understand that this is something that will bring a whole new group of people into the library and create generations of library users that will enable us to recoup, you know, some of the lost patronage that we experienced that will help us, you know, um, get people uh, into a... Uh, a position where you know they're they're uh you know getting a scholarship to play video games and all that and other people you know other people are like what does this have to do with the library right and, and, and the stuff people people are, is it? it's that we already have video games available we already have technology available we already have programs where people are playing video games you know we have mario kart programs so what we're looking to do is kind of take it to the next next level and yeah, what I find interesting, I have to push off the you know the disbelievers. We're, we're going to do yes. No, I understand. You're on a passion. You're on a roll with this, and I understand that. But one of the things I'm going to share with you that'll validate what you're talking about is a recent episode we had on Disrupt Ed with Priyanka Nandi, who is none other than the chief technology officer for the esteemed organization Special Olympics. When Priyanka was on our show, she talked about a very similar phenomenon, what you're talking about, Lance, and that was 
the difficulty of engaging their audience during COVID, that it was exceptionally difficult to keep people connected in the same way that they were when they were coming uh, to events in their case or to the library in your case. And so one of the solutions that the Special Olympics provided and, and is launching now is a whole esports program. And they're finding a lot of support. And the reason why is if you think about the Special Olympics, it's not just about competing in the sports for those with uh, intellectual disabilities or ID. It's really about engaging them into a community. Yep. Because many of them are so isolated. Many of them don't get out and about. And so it's a way to plug them into a community of like-minded people. And it sounds to me, Lance, like that's as much as your mission vision uh, in bringing esports into the libraries is you're always about how do I get more people into my libraries because yeah. there's so many cool things there. Yep. I mean, you have a little bit of a nefarious plan here, it seems to me, to use esports as a vehicle to expand library readership and library participation. Am I? You got it. It's very Poppins uh, theory of library service. The old spoonful of sugar helps them go down. <laughs> well, I think it's, it, it goes without saying, and I think many people have experienced this, they go to the library and they get a card when they move to a new neighborhood or they have their card and they haven't used it for a while, so they go back. And there's not a time when I've done that myself where I don't find out about something interesting or different that I wouldn't have known about had I not gone to the library. And that could be anything from a local community event. Most recently at the Detroit Public Library, there was a gentleman that took over, get this, 4,000 photos of gargoyles on our historic buildings across the city. Wow. And he turned that into a coffee table book and a and a history book of why gargoyles were part of the architecture over the last couple hundred years. Now, that's not a topic of broad interest, but that was a topic of immediate interest to me because having returned to the city after after a lifetime away, uh, my wife and I recently uh, returned to Detroit about 10 years ago after after a long uh, period of time in Ann Arbor. And I found it fascinating that as I went around, there was more of a story around it. So yeah. let's talk about that feature of eSports. It's about storytelling in some respects, isn't it? It really is. And I mean, it's so unexpected. And if, if anybody wants proof that this is uh, proof of concept, talk to any teenager anywhere and just mention to them that the library might be starting an esports league and check out their expressions. Most of them are losing their mind. They're like, oh my God, that's so cool. Are they doing it yet? I mean, it's, it, it is about the story. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that it, it provides a new, place for people to come together to work on socialization to work on civility to you know these different sports teams have coaches um and the beautiful thing is too is we can get representative coaches so we're in an area um where you know majority of the people live in the area are people of color we can get a coach there's a person of color then there's great representation and pride in that and it lifts people up and helps people from being isolated and they have stories you know when we become the popular thing to talk about around the school lunch table um, and, and and the teenagers that move the area are, are anxious to get to the library to get a card so they can play esports. We won. That's it. Game over. That's it. We won. 
That's fantastic. So, Lance, tell me a little bit more about your plans here. You're going to be launching an e-sports program this spring. Yep. And tell me what you're doing in the library to get things kicked off. Well, obviously, I mean, we have to do a sort of a, a needs assessment. And so that's what we're doing right now. We're kind of doing our homework. We're working with a number of different groups in the community. The vision is is to have an esports team, an intramural team at every one of our branches um, for anybody who wants to play, and then also open up practice space, and then have the branches play among you know uh, with with each other, and then right. also we want to engage the local schools because some of them have esports teams, so we'd like to play them, and then there are university teams, and we'd like to play them. And our goal is to, you know, kind of start with like the amateur league and then build up and get a semi-pro team together and then eventually get a pro team together and then eventually start hosting these giant events and bringing people into the area. At the same time, it enables us to, not only are we, we, we're bringing in a whole group, new group of people, like I said before, it enables us to teach computer safety. It enables us to make um, educational opportunities available um, to kids, maybe they get a scholarship. It enables us to highlight tech careers. Um, and then we can also, you know, sneak some library stuff on them and have them connect with their other interests while they're in the space. I think it's just fantastic the way you're thinking about it, because in talking with so many library leaders, you know, COVID and other forces um, put a damper on some of the work that you're doing and turn people away for a variety of reasons, yep. they just became more isolated and they're slow to get back. And I think what I love most about this idea when you first told me was the idea that is connecting people to the larger repository uh -huh. of information, resources, entertainment yep. that you guys, you know, provide on a daily basis. That's amazing to me. Uh, it's going to be so fun, Ron. We're going to have so much fun. We're going to have jerseys. And it's going to be awesome. So it's going to be so we can look forward to a year from now having the Kent District Library team out there winning awards and competing with the well, University of Michigan and competing with Grand Rapids. What well, was awesome? <laughs> <laughs> well, to my listening and viewing audience, this has been Ron Stefanski, the host of Disrupt Ed, where we talk to the passionate and purposeful, the determined do-gooders that are making a difference in this disrupted word, uh, for, world. For those of you who have been listening, you've been hearing from Lance Wer, the CEO and president of Kent District Library. Lance has always been an innovator. Lance has always been a charismatic a force for good in the world and on the planet and certainly in his community and in his library. And Lance has never been shy about trying new things in his passion and zeal to make more people in his community aware of the importance and the resources and things available at his local public library. So, Lance, thank you so much for joining us. Thank this you. is a wild idea, I have to say. I'm incredibly enthusiastic about it. Um, I think it's my whole uh, experience with um, um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory on steroids. You're using technology in a completely bold and new way. And I'm going to be excited to check in on you as you've launched the program, as you've started your teams to see what kind of response the community is giving it. But my prediction is 
this is going to be something we're going to come back to you about and hear more from. And I also have a feeling that those detractors out there that are still shushing people in libraries and still making sure they don't bring coffee into the building are probably the same ones that are going to be a little bit leery about esports in the public library. But I give you my full faith and endorsement that this is just an extremely innovative idea that we're going to be hearing a lot more about. Well, we're really fired up, and I'll tell you what, I'd love to see libraries around the country doing the same thing, because then we could have the ALA conference, we could have a big esports competition there. I think the way you're thinking about this is is really out there, really fun, really fantastic. For those of you who've been joining us, this has been Disrupt Ed, um, where we bring everyone together to talk about disruption, and where you've been listening to one of my favorite library lions out there, Lance Warner, talking about how he's going to mix it up at his public library, the Kent District Library in the greater Grand Rapids area. Lance, as always, thanks for joining us. Thank and you, I do want to put a bookmark on this. I do want to have you back we'll and and tell us about the progress you've made once you've launched your team. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, to my listening and viewing audience, this has been another episode of Disrupt Ed in our series on disruption in public libraries. So I hope you're enjoying it. You're certainly going to be privy to a lot of very interesting library lions and leaders out there that I've had the privilege of meeting and working with over the past 20 years. These are people who have a high GSD index. They they really want to have an impact in their community and they really want to get shit done. You've been listening to Lance Werner and you can tell by his energy level, he intends to get shit done here. So thank you, Lance. Thank you to my audience. Come back to us. We'll have Lance back again and we'll have more library lines sharing with you some of the disruption in public libraries. Thank you. Thank you.